2: Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm your host, David Mooney. I'm joined by the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Yeah, hello. Uh, Right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription, and you'll enjoy great analysis and in depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad free versions of all the podcasts, too. So go to theathletic.com forward slash mancity pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's the athletic.com forward slash Man City Pod, and if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review as well. Um, so, Sam, uh, it had to end at some point, didn't it? The winning run—it um, just like it was almost like it was almost signposted that it had to happen this weekend, <laughs> um... the week where they're of it. They're playing United, who have been hot and cold all season. They, United have just drawn with Crystal Palace and looked terrible. City needed one more game unbeaten to break a club record it had to be this weekend didn't it I
1: suppose so I mean I, honestly going into it I I did think City were gonna were win I thought they would win I I thought um different City obviously United would won three games last season but I was like it's, it's different City now um shouldn't be too much of a problem uh just just barring kind of I don't know United pulling something out the bag really which obviously they're capable of and and they did that United know actually really good and i don't know yeah in hindsight it did look especially inevitable um but just the way that the game went was just so similar to the other times Everything that happened last season City yeah. dropped points and yeah even earlier this season like we'll, we'll mention it but if i like the spurs game and yeah last season with the arsenal fa cup semi final a, a bit of leon as well like just just one of those when you think I don't care if there's 40 minutes left. They, they're not scoring here. And yeah, yeah there we go. It, uh, a weird, a weird, it's just, a weird thing how that keeps happening
2: well i i i i want to get into that 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 kind of um ability to turn games around when things aren't going for you and it, i think there's 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 a kind of key difference to to make here on 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 how city do that because i'm not talking about just falling behind i'm talking about when city are playing badly and they fall behind and and they're not able then to to kind of dust themselves down go again and you know, you know, just just make their performance, you know, just a step higher than it than it had been to start with. You think of of some of the games. I mean, there's plenty of games under Guardiola. City have, have, have conceded the first goal and gone on to win. That's not the issue here. It's the issue is that they are not playing well. And I mean, I saw you tweet, uh, 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 you know, near the end of, near the end of the game. Uh, what was it? Four added minutes, but you may as well had a week on. They're not scoring, and it's that sort of feeling.
1: Yeah, it is that kind of feeling. Uh, and I'd like I said, I just don't know what it is. Uh, And it can't be, you know, it's not as easy as it's every time they fall behind or it's every time they need a goal because like the Villa game in January when it was just that mad situation where it just felt like, oh, nothing's going City's way. Um, And it was like, it's going to be one of those days kind of thing. But, you know, they kept pushing and pushing and, and and they got it. And I did remember thinking at the time, I was like, well, there is plenty of time left. I wouldn't be surprised if they got it. But it's just when, yeah, when they're behind and, in situations like this i'm not sure i'm not sure how you'd you'd quantify it i'm not sure if it neatly fits into like a into a box like you say that there, there will be times when they have gone behind and they've won and it's not been a problem and they've just kind of picked themselves up and resumed but yeah like, like i've already mentioned a few examples just off the top of my head of games where you just think now the game's up there's it's, like liverpool as well i suppose last season you know the 3-1 anfield in november i think it was yeah. just uh, just of games like that you just think yeah like even at half time obviously city had kind of because they were just atrocious for like 5 5 minutes in particular um and then obviously they they got it back but i was like i'm not convinced that they're on top enough to get the next goal and i do think united seemed quite happy and obviously as it turned out united did get the second goal and then yeah it was just the same old this this the same old thing where they have a lot of the ball but they don't look particularly threatening but then the mad thing about it is that's compounded by the fact that all of a sudden they do create chances and then they just they just get missed. <laughs> and it's still, and yeah, I mean the, that's that's a common thing anyway. Like we've we we talked about that even during City's winning run, and Guardiola's talked about it, and everybody knows, everybody knows they're not as clinical as I don't know whether you say should be or could be or whatever. Probably should be considering the quality, I suppose. Um, But the bottom line, whether it's could or should, they're not clinical. And yeah, it doesn't matter most weeks because City create enough chances. They do obviously score enough goals, but maybe in in games like this when the whole kind of, the confidence is rocked or whatever, or it's, I don't know, or it's just true to form. If you give, Sterling a chance six yards out, he might miss it, and so might Jesus. I mean, Jesus didn't really have too many opportunities actually on, on Sunday, as far as I remember. Sterling was the worst culprit for it, but it's always them two. Yeah, like, it's all it's always them two. And De Bruyne's De conversion rate is it's worse than anyone's. You know, he's not normally the one inside the six yard box for all his faults yesterday, and God, <laughs> he, was, he was bad.
2: We could get he, into that. He,
1: he did still he did still create a couple of things that could have sparked something, um, but just didn't because the finishing's just. It just happens out of nowhere as well. You think, oh, they've had Oh, they missed it. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. The 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 one. I think there was a couple. Certainly in the second half, it must have been after they'd gone two nil down because uh, the 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 second goal came really early in the in yeah, the second half. Cool. Um, but there, there was one where I, I, I just thought at that point, oh, it's not going to happen for anybody, and it's when uh, it broke to De Bruyne on the edge of the box, and I can't remember if he took a touch, got it out of his feet. He, he was certainly hurried. He wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a kind of all-the-time-in-the-world-pick-your-spot sort of chance. It was one of those, you've got to swing at it, uh, and he swung at it, and it was nearer the corner flag than it was the, the goal, and you just thought, like, if he's doing that, then... It just isn't going to happen. Um, let's let's look at uh, at two goal leads and City, because, uh, or two goal deficits and City, I should say. Um, the last time City in the Premier League came back from two goals down uh, was uh, Kevin Keegan's penultimate game. He, yeah. he won 3-2 at Norwich in, in 2005. Um, since then... United have done it ten times. Tottenham have done it five times. Everton and Arsenal three times. West Ham, Reading, Fulham, Leicester, Aston Villa, Wolves, Wigan, Crystal Palace, QPR and Liverpool have done it twice. And Newcastle, Burnley, Bournemouth... Chelsea, Southampton and Watford have all done it once. There's been 47 occasions where a 2-0 two, a lead has been turned around to be, to be a 3-2 win. Um, none of them have been City, because as we say, City don't look like they're, they're ever capable of getting back into games that they're doing like that. Um, four of them have been against City, uh, and two of them have been against Guardiola's City, United in, in 2018 and Wolves last season. It just, like... Yeah. It, it, uh, even when but but this this isn't to say that City can't do it because this is this is only Premier League games in all competitions uh, City have come down back from, from two goals down mainly under Pellegrini but you know uh, Guardiola's City did it at Swansea that time in the FA Cup albeit a bit fortuitously um, Mancini City did it against uh, Sporting Lisbon they were 2-0 down at home came back to win 3-2 okay it wasn't enough they still went out on the away goals rule um, and then they did it bizarrely against Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich uh, in, in 2013 uh, thirteen-fourteen. So, uh, like, uh, this isn't a team that's that's incapable of doing it. It just feels so far away. As soon as that second goal goes in, it just feels so far away, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, um, and, like, I don't know. Is it just, like, one of those weird historical statistical quirks that, you know, for it to go back to Keegan... Obviously, there'll be an element of there's not been too many opportunities to do it, I guess, especially, you know, since... Well, they, yeah, since they, they team, take the
2: lead most weeks, don't they? That's the thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. So like, we're not we're not saying it's happening five times a season and they can never do it. But I, I don't know, I do feel like it's one of those weird quirks that, I don't know, can't, can't be explained. Because if it spans, you know, the, the mid-2000s era where you wouldn't necessarily expect it to happen you might expect it to happen you know you mentioned like Wigan in there and Watford and whoever else you might expect it to happen once but you know with the the level of the team maybe not too often but you'd certainly expect it to happen over the last 10 years Um, and also you've, you've got the different types of teams so you've got the team that wasn't necessarily well just wasn't challenging for trophies 15 nearly 20 years ago But then you've got the team that have been challenging for trophies. But within that, you you could also make the argument that Mancini's team was full of big characters because that's something that, fortunately, we've not heard. I don't think I've heard in the fallout to the derby at the weekend. We've not heard the usual no leaders in the team debate, which normally (laughs) happens. But if you were going to make that point that there are no leaders in this Guardiola team and it all comes from a manager or whatever you could maybe say well Mancini had a load of leaders and they still didn't do it so yeah. overall I, I do think it's just it's just a weird thing um, when it comes to why this Guardiola team doesn't look like doing it I don't my theory and I'm not sure how true this is I do feel like this is the case and I'd, I would have said it a lot last season I think when City was struggling and obviously it would be every three or four games they would drop points wouldn't it last season Um uh, As we've seen recently in the last three months when everything's been so brilliant and, you know, in the two full seasons of winning titles, when when everything comes together, you've got fantastic players in a fantastic system where Guardiola gives them all the solutions. He tells them which foot to receive the ball on. He tells them which way they need to face. He tells them when they need to play and how they need to play and who's going to be making the run. The players understand that. They do it and it makes... Fantastic players look even better. So when there's this stuff over the weekend about you know City having the best squad in like the history of in of sport, it's like. And whenever you see the whole thing about oh yeah, well Guardiola had the best Barca ever, it's like, is nobody making this link? Like, <laughs> why why do all these players that Guardiola has look good? Like it's it's as simple as that as far as I'm concerned, but that's it. So when everything's ticking along. You've got a combination of fantastic players knowing exactly what they're doing on the pitch and that's why they've got 100 points, 98 points and 90 plus probably this season. But I do think there is an element of when those ideas don't work, when that system isn't working, I don't know, it, it just seems like, yeah, the the, the matrix is broken and yeah, is kind of unplugged. You know, there's a couple of cogs taken out, the machine doesn't work. Uh, you know, last season at least it was it was easy to spot because they were like, right, well, we don't know what we're doing here, so we're just gonna lump the ball in the box. Yeah. Um but this season they haven't done that. And then you just kind of get performances like this, I suppose, where I mean, yes, it was it was bad and a lot of people were unhappy with with the performance, but it wasn't just like endless crossing into the box. It was just like I said at half time, they've got the ball. But I don't really feel like they're knocking at the door. And I, I do think that's what happens. It's like
2: It does not compute, you, isn't it? That's, yeah, exactly. It doesn't it, yeah. it doesn't
1: compute. It everything that normally works for them. And the other thing you always hear from like ninety-five percent of Guardiola players is that, you know, he'll give you the solutions and he'll tell you what's going to happen. And it happens on the pitch. And that, you know, makes such a difference. And, you know, I spoke to um you know, I spoke to a player, a former player, not at City recently. He was just saying about how you know his favorite favorite manager was Brendan Rodgers, because what he would give you in terms of instructions was so clear. And you knew exactly what you were going to do. It didn't confuse you or anything, and you know that, that really helps. But it just feels like when it doesn't come off, it just it's just not, it doesn't click at all. And then I think maybe that combines then with the forward issue and they're not being clinical because i don't know normally in a situation like this you'd want somebody to stand up and be counted and like do something individually brilliant but like i don't know like, I like kind to of get wonder sterling if- in behind everything needs to click doesn't it you need to play that pass into like the attacking midfielder and then Sterling makes the running behind and you pass to him and then he's in the clear then. But you need it to work. And when yeah. it doesn't work, there's there's like Sterling can't dribble past three players by himself. Like Mahrez, if he's probably better equipped to do that. But there, there is no kind of individualism in the team at the moment to be able to do that. And then it comes back to the finishing chances because even when City could have gone, oh, that's a goal out of nothing. So when Foden came on and he turned on that shot, I thought that, I thought it was going in. And I think the reaction of the bench was they were convinced that was going in. And if they'd have scored that, then they might have had something. But then there's the other ones where, you know, the Sterling chance where it was like was like a half, would have been a half volley from like six yards out. And he just kind of... When, got is that when Lindelof
2: position. got a... It might, I like swung a leg at it and missed it?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. And then there was the header, which he just kind of just like it was just the header of somebody who's never headed a ball before. <laughs> like, it was just back towards the corner flag. And that's the obvious one where you think, yeah. well, if Harlan's playing, then he's banging that in, you know. Yeah. Or just fucking anyone who can head a ball, you know, a proper striker. Um, somebody who would be in those areas. Then you've got the whole thing of the machine not quite ticking along perfectly combined with the fact that there's nobody who can really do the individual moments of brilliance because the... The conversion's poor, so de Bruyne would maybe be one you would expect, but his big chance conversion is like 27%, which is basically half of what average is. even like Vardy seems to be the benchmark last few seasons. Vardy's gets loads of goals. Um, his conversion, big chance conversion rate is always about 50%, and I think that's probably about right. And to be fair to Jesus this year in the Premier League, it's better than last season, it's 44%. Um, but Sterling's has got worse. Um, I've just got the match of the day highlight on they didn't even show that Sterling header and that's a chance Like that was a big chance they didn't even yeah. show it because he made it look so bad so yeah you've got the thing of it not clicking um, and then just players just not able to take the chances when they do come along and chances that might come along out of nothing when you you know You go and grab the ball out of the back of the net and you carry it back to the centre circle and the other team starts thinking, oh, hold on. And that something might come from that. So I know it's a long-worded answer and I know I'm rambling a bit for a change, but that's the only reason I can think in this City team why it doesn't happen.
2: I I just, I I put it down to that, again, turning deficits around uh, and kind of bringing it back around to that point. I, I kind of agree with you and I put it down to the... Um, I can't remember who said it the first time, but i but I, I really like the phrase. it's the, the phrase is' all penguins are birds, but not all birds are penguins. and uh, so when when city are playing badly, you know they they usually go behind, but when City go behind, they're not always playing badly. And in this in this instance on, on on Sunday, they were playing badly and they went behind, and so it was a no hope of, of of getting of getting back in front. You take a game like Real Madrid, for instance, last season. City were playing pretty well in that game when they fell behind, and so it was a case of right, okay, well we keep going with doing what we're doing, and it will work. And in the end, it worked. And so, as you say, when things aren't going and you can't get still in behind because the passes aren't off and the machine isn't quite working and somebody isn't quite where they should be. And you know what I mean? that the, the passes don't quite hit the target and players have to move in places. Or, or I mean, there was a couple of examples. I, I think when Foden came on, he got the ball on the left-hand side and he rolled a pass in behind uh, Wan-Bissaka. And was fully expecting somebody to just make that run to the byline in behind, and then he looked up, and everybody was on the was on the far side of the pitch. It's like, well, there there should be someone making that run in there because that's that's what a Guardiola setup is. You you don't you you don't need to know you don't need to look up to see where the players are going to be. You know where they're going to be because that's how they that's what they always do. And then you kind of bring it back round to like City playing badly. They they then say. Okay, we need to get back into this game. What do we do? Well, we keep doing what what we do, what we always do, because that always works. And then when it doesn't work, you go, well, okay. So what do we do now? And the answer always seems to be come, come always seems to come back around to well, we do what we know works, even though it's not working. And it just kind of yeah. it, it yeah, yeah, feels yeah. like it'll just go on and on and on forever. And like you say, you get a week's added time, and and, and they're never going to score.
1: It's okay to talk about this game in isolation, and you know the, the this trend of. Of two nil two nil down. Um, I'm always wary of blowing things up, and obviously, look after 21 wins, everybody knows it's not the biggest of issues, but it's not like one of those City games where you know, for want of a better phrase, they won the XG. You know, it's not one of those games where they yeah. have loads of chances and you go, look, it's just one of those things that happens.
2: So um, sometimes you can play really well and the ball just will not bounce where you need it to bounce. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And
1: like if they'd been hitting the post, and it would, everybody would have known if it was one of those games where they were unlucky and they tried everything. And yes, it hurts to lose to United, but at least it was just unlucky. But it wasn't one of those games. And like I say, you don't want to blow it up too much. And, and I'm not going to, but... It does have hallmarks of, you know, all those ones I mentioned. And I'm going to say it because Guardiola says it, but it's that time of the year when everything's about the Champions League, isn't it? And in that big long answer that Guardiola gave about who deserves the credit for City being so good, he admitted again that he felt after the Gladbach game they're not ready to win the Champions League, which, you know, I kind of noted at the time. But then you think about it, you think, hold on, that can't be the case now in the fifth season. I mean, I mean, maybe it can. Maybe it's just not at a stage yet where the club are not ready. But surely to God, surely to God, like they they are the best team in Europe at the moment.
2: Does the game have on Sunday though not it? not not suggest that? Because I mean, because all it takes in a knockout game is to throw in a performance like that and. Bang, well, this it's, it's is what gone. I mean.
1: This is what I mean. Like I don't like I, I don't want to go overboard on losing one game and say that they're not going to win the Champions League because they yeah you know, they might not do this and I do think they're they're. Cape, they're much better equipped to deal with those mad bursts where they concede the goals and, and they're out but obviously
2: but they, I mean they may also chuck in a run of performances in the Champions League like the 21 games beforehand so absolutely. like it, it's, it, it, it's that's why I'm it's, not it's, going overboard yeah. on it
1: but it's definitely like well store this away because at the end of the day as far as the Premier League is concerned it doesn't matter does it overall like City are going to win the league so it doesn't it doesn't matter and it's a bit like the 100 point season when obviously united won then in in the april but it didn't matter overall in terms of affecting the season but if city go out of the champions league in like april or may and the exact same thing happens again then it's like right okay it's a big it is a big thing now this is a thing and yeah. like when it, and like when is it going to happen because that that thing of guardiola saying i've got the feeling we're not we might not be ready to win it is like when and especially like because the other teams this season are like, comparatively weak, so like, if not now, then when? Um, yeah. Like, I, there's no point going into it now because, like I say, they they might well win it, and they, there's no reason. Well, there's not too many reasons to believe that the one bad performance is going to be replicated. But um, it it is definitely a bit of a of a worry. And like Leon, Leon, you don't need to say anything. Leon is just. It's just one singular word. It's one singular team, but everyone knows what you mean. Uh, everyone everyone, everyone knows remembers the
2: performance, the feeling, the the, f- the, yeah. problem,
1: the feeling, the 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 awful, awful misses, the particularly the Sterling one, uh, and just the stupid goals on the counter attack. Um, everyone knows what that means, and I, I mean, I, w- I do have to say I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again, um, but I'm not. Necessary. I'm not too worried about it now i i i am not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did basically yeah. so, but that that's where we're at with it and um you know city will be back to showing us how good they are very soon and you know they've got um well, well certainly plenty of opportunities to do that um and also you know some some big games and interesting games over the next few weeks you know, tactically diverse games coming up in the next month or so, you know, like Leicester away, Leeds at home, things like that. Obviously, Gladbach, Um, where we'll get to see the, the plenty of good things that they do and we'll be back to talking about why they're so good and, and all this kind of stuff. But it's like when we talk about Jesus, you know, I've, I've wrote an article about him after he scored the winner against Sheffield United, but I wanted to, and we did the podcast, but I was like, I want to write it in a way that makes sense if he's played badly or if he's played well and you can still read it regardless of what happens. And that is always, that's basically the situation. Jesus at this stage now is basically always going to be Jesus. And I think, I do think there's the potential for Sterling to be more clinical and get more goals. Um, But I don't know, it, it, it does look like Sterling is going to be Sterling. And that's his thing.
2: He's low-key had a bit of a bad season this season, hasn't he? It feels like he's had a step down down in previous years. Up and
1: down. I think he had a bad patch. I can't even pin it down. Well, I mean, look, he would have had a bad patch early in the season, but everyone did. We can't talk about how it's a new city and everything was so poor and boring or whatever you want to call it early in the season and then say, oh, well, Sterling's been bad. They've all, what, 90% of the team had a poor start of the season. It's entirely understandable because, you know, we talked about the system not clicking in the odd game. The system wasn't really clicking the system wasn't even the system early in the season it was something completely different as i've mentioned you know gunda being much further back um so yeah there's that but then he was kind of he was coming back into it a bit but it's yeah after performances like yesterday i I don't know it's it's the it's the lack of a clinical edge and like he should never be able to take a penalty again i know that's not relevant (laughs) at the moment but like just he should never be allowed near a penalty spot ever again And again, you know, if if City are in a penalty shootout, then God help us. Like, (laughs) that's going to be mad. But anyway, yeah, if you're talking about Gundogan further back, I think the other big talking point everyone wants to talk about is De Bruyne. Is that where you were going?
2: Well, I I was going to get to that in a second, but I just wanted to bring in, just on the the start of the season, um, uh, Mike Cook on Twitter asked, uh, Pep said when he started this run that uh, he'd gone back to basics with wingers high and wide. So why has he gone back to the system that failed Mm. earlier in the season?
1: Yeah. So again, sorry, Mike. I've not, I've not had uh, the opportunity to to reply to the to the DMs. But I mean, it is interesting, and it's probably one of those questions now where you ask Pep after a defeat, and he'll be asking about it and say, "Well, no, blah blah blah." Um, but there was definitely a time, even a couple of weeks ago, when they were winning. I was like, "Well, the, in, the inverted wingers have crept back in," and as Mike says, um, you know, the whole Pep. The big pep thing that he was willing to admit about the turnaround was going back to wide wingers and, and getting back to their principles. But there were plenty of, plenty of games in that winning run where that wasn't the case. I mean, the thing you can have inverted wingers where they're still holding the width. But um, I'm, I'm yeah, starting I, to I wonder.
2: I'm starting to wonder, you know, if... Um, because I, I said I said yesterday during the game that um, if I was going to take anybody off, I'd probably take Mahrez off, even though he'd been one of the better players. Sure. Uh, because I, I, I felt like United were very happy to sit in tight and just block everything that was coming at them. So they wanted to get some width on the pitch. And actually, in hindsight, it'd probably been better taking Sterling off and putting Foden on, someone who's left-footed on the left, even then keeping Mahrez right-footed on the right and just maybe inverting one side of the pitch. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I just like. I I mean, we get into
1: the whole element of Pep subs as well, though, don't we? Like, obviously, everyone's saying because I've written about the strikers today, and a few people are saying, "Well, just bring Aguero on." So, well, that's not a long term thing, obviously. But I kind of take the point. But I just, I can't decide if it's one Guardiola being weird with his subs, which I don't think it is, actually, or Aguero just not being fully sharp. Whether whether you say fully fit or fully sharp. I'm, yeah, as I'm talking, I think it must be that because as much as Guardiola can be a bit weird with his subs and he waits, you know, he's not going to make changes at half time, is he? And he very rarely makes subs even before an hour. Um, what he does do is like for like, and obviously we had the City quiz last week and I think those answers will be on the app soon so you can take the quiz even if he didn't join in. But I'll probably give one away. But it, the most used, the most subbed in player is is it Jesus and the most subbed out is aguero yeah because what what he will do is like for like cuz i don't think he wants to change the structure which is you know people can argue about because times but, like yesterday like but he say, maybe wants to put him on the left and put sterling on the right or something
2: yeah but he, he maybe wants fresh legs and 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 someone who's who's maybe on it that day or a bit sharper that day sort of thing
1: yeah exactly and like if aguero is not playing well then take him off and put jesus on he might get you a goal or vice versa so I think that is that is one sub that Pep would make and does make. So I think it must be an Aguero, not fully sharp thing. But people are also saying they, they, don't think, they, they don't think that all is well between them. But I think, I mean, I've not heard that, but also if that was the case, I don't think Aguero would be on the bench at all. Yeah. And if he was being on the bench, I think I've said this before, if he was on the bench but not being used and he was pissed off with his treatment, I think we'd have heard about it. I think we know enough. About Aguero's relationship with the media by now, that if there is an issue, um, you'll hear about it. So I don't, I don't buy into that. I just think it's as simple as the fitness. Yeah. Um, and I, I, as much as Guardiola's subs are hard to explain sometimes, I do think the like for like number nine change is one that he does do. And I th- I just, I think on the balance of things, he was probably thinking he's not sharp enough. Yeah. Um, but but God, like. Yeah, I mean, we all know that he needs to contribute, so it's not... I saw a comment maybe in the Q&A saying, like, would rather have a half-fit Aguero than Jesus any day of the week, but that's not how it works, is it? As far as Guardiola's concerned. You need to do everything else. So I was about to say, just put Aguero in the box for those chances that um, Sterling missed once Jesus had gone off, but not how it's it not, works. Yeah. He's, doesn't work because, like, if Aguero doesn't do his job outside the box, then, you know, United might get a third or whatever. That'll be how Guardiola's thinking. But, yeah, yeah so, so there there is that element of it. And then... Yeah, De Bruyne.
2: Well, I was going to say I was actually going to Mike's point, and then we're going to do De Bruyne. So let's 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 get into that one now. Um, like he was clearly clearly having a bad game. Um, there is also no doubt in my mind that that Guardiola will look at that and go, yes, De Bruyne is playing particularly badly today, but. He is still capable on a day like that of pulling off the pass that you need to send somebody clean through or to, to put it on a plate for somebody to tap in, and suddenly the game could turn on its head. So it's a very, very difficult decision to take yeah, to, to to take a player like De Bruyne, even when playing badly, it's a very it's actually a very difficult decision to take him out and, and substitute him off when you're trying to change the game, and I get that. Um but all that being said, like for like changes, um Bernardo yeah. didn't come on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's I don't like this is just a devil's advocate kind of thing, but I wonder if that was a... I know it's like for like, but obviously they do play in very different ways. And I yeah. wonder if you bring him on, then you're playing a a different... Yeah, I don't know, because you would think the way that they're used to playing with Bernardo in recent weeks and how adaptable they are. You know, I think I mentioned recently about how Guardiola talked about a couple of seasons ago, he wanted them to be better at adapting to situations without him changing things or whatever. Um, but you'd think they would be able to shift even for half an hour to a different style and you know playing the just for shorthand's sake playing Bernardo's way as opposed to De Bruyne's way Um, so it was a little odd I mean I mean maybe um, and this would maybe come down to bad management maybe but um, maybe there's an element to it of De Bruyne of of, sorry of Bernardo being tired and needing a rest um, and Guardiola planning to play De Bruyne in this game and giving Bernardo the ninety minutes off, so he can be fit for other games. Now people will probably be saying, well, "Why the hell would you do that?" And yeah, maybe if that is the case, that might be bad management in hindsight, at least because you could just say, "Well, you give to, you give Bernardo the rest earlier or later or whatever, and you don't plan to take him out of the team for a huge game against United."
2: Yeah, you do it. You do it for one of the upcoming games, oh, Southampton Wolves, midweek Southampton, or
1: something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you you could say that, but. Um, but at the same time, I talked about hindsight there and I was surprised that Bernardo didn't play at all. I'm very surprised just because I thought even if he doesn't play him in midfield, to play him up front. I know Myers has been playing well, but, you know, doing as false nine again or something. Um, so I was surprised. But I, I did think, like, it's not mad to, to play Kevin De Bruyne in midfield. Like, I'm really surprised that the reaction to it like yeah i know bernardo's been playing really well but the whole point of my article the other week about the differences between the two of them is the bottom line is they still win and i i do get it to be fair and i think it it's probably a bit more obvious now after the game and to be fair maybe the people who are making the point be- beforehand can feel vindicated now but um yeah maybe de bruyne just wasn't sharp enough and fit enough and and maybe Guardiola would have known that. But also, by the same token, I mean, surely, if you're thinking rationally about it, he hadn't seen a problem with De Bruyne in training. Otherwise, surely, he, he wouldn't have... I don't know, he wouldn't have taken that risk against United because I think he took... We, we said he took a risk against West Ham because I think he was probably thinking, well, if I make all these changes, you know, four or five players coming in and need minutes, four or five going out who need a rest...
2: We'll try certain. and get through yeah. the
1: game, and if and if not, then okay, say Levy. We've got a big enough, we've got a big enough gap. It's fine. I, he wouldn't. I don't think he would have taken a selection risk against United. I think that was the team he thought could win the game. Um, I didn't really have a big problem with Cancelo and Zinchenko as opposed to Walker. Um, some people are saying Fernandinho should have played, but I didn't see that at all um obviously foden was the big element um but the points i've seen about foden are local lad playing in the derby he'll make the difference but the obvious counter to that is he played in the derby at old trafford last march and city were awful yeah like they're all awful like it doesn't you can't just chuck a local lad in and think it's going to be better but (laughs) in terms of playing foden he has been playing well and i i did wonder if you know he was being kept kept back for something because when he missed the last couple of games it was at the time when everyone else was kind of being rested and rotated so it is a bit odd that he didn't play but when he didn't start I did think well Guardiola does trust Sterling implicitly and he does do a lot of excellent stuff even if his finishing is not great um, Mares, I, I I haven't got any complaints of starting Mares after how he's played recently and the same with Jesus really I thought Jesus is probably the easiest one to drop but having scored two of the other night and Done a lot of good work for the team. I, I didn't think it was out, outrageous that Foden didn't play. In my eleven, I was asked for it on the Q and A, and I would have put him in, but I didn't think it was outrageous that he wasn't in. The only one I thought was a bit odd was was Bernardo. But like I say, I don't think it was mad to to trust De Bruyne. If it um, comes,
2: if it comes back round to that, De Bruyne is still finding his match fitness and not sharp enough, though. Uh, why is it okay for him to be doing that and not Aguero? Yeah, I know,
1: I know. Um, well and also that,
2: that, that's another does not compute moment
1: <laughs> yes it is and um, that yeah I mean that is true um, I mean there may be an element of Aguero having you know a kind of lasting damage kind of thing rather than shake off a bit of rustiness maybe the more pertinent thing is there's, there's a range of opinions in the Q&A and they're all basically saying the same thing but obviously some are a bit more vociferous and a bit more never going to win the Champions League playing like this and some are a bit more well you know we just won 21 games it's fine it's not too much of a problem but the one thing is there was a phrase that sounds quite heavy but it does make sense and kind of in players on reputation and it does it does feel like there's a bit of an element to that with De Bruyne I mean look maybe it's just the case that Guardiola saw everyone in training and he saw De Bruyne playing, playing well but like I don't know like on the evidence available to us certainly on the outside, just watching the games,
2: still feels like he's would, feeling his way back would, in, doesn't
1: it? I would have to, I would have to admit that even though I didn't really have a problem with going with De Bruyne because it's De Bruyne, that's that's probably me doing it on reputation as well, you know. Because I probably would have to admit that, yeah, Bernardo has been. You know, the team's obviously been really good with Bernardo. I maintain that it can be really good with De Bruyne, but when he's not playing well as he has been recently, just just because of you know coming back from injury um yeah go with the, go with the the players that are perf- are performing and and are ready and if you need to de Bruyne to play to get back into his rhythm then like I said about it being united it's a big game just don't take that chance I mean Guardiola God yeah. must have thought that it you know all things being equal it it would be fine and, and you know there's not much of a difference between de Bruyne and 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 Bernardo and it maybe it just so happened that De Bruyne had a had a stinker particularly early on. But um, look at his lot. I, I honestly We've been talking now forty minutes, and they give away a stupid penalty in the first minute.
2: Well, I've just seen. I was gonna I was gonna bring this up uh, quickly at the end as well because I've just seen uh, a, a photograph posted uh, on Twitter by uh, Stefan who <laughs> has just said, "I can't help but feel that this may have been an exaggeration of the danger." And it's a photograph of Rashford, uh, sorry Martial, just entering uh, the city box, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six players oh, yeah. around him and Jesus just clipping his heels and it's just like, yeah, I think like like he doesn't need to be there. It's it's a perfectly they're they're in they're perfectly set to deal with that.
1: Uh yeah, well he's he's overcompensating isn't he? Um he's lost the ball early on. You know he's kind of an emotional player. So yeah, I think he's overcompensating. He's tried to make a tried to make up for it and made it worse, which in you know, footballers do that all the time. God, any level. Yeah. We've all done it. Um yeah, but Diaz was just kind of jockeying him and would have put his foot in. And he did that a couple of times with... You know, Stones was... They were both fine on the day. But Stones was better on the day. Um, he was doubled up on for their goal um, because of the bad situation earlier at the pitch. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. But, yeah, Diaz, I think, was ready to handle it. And as you say, there is there is that picture of five or six players around around Martial. But it was the first minute and they were thinking, God, we can't let this happen. And,
0: yeah, yeah bit went. hammed, yeah.
2: It's going to take a little bit of a, of a sharp left now, Sam, uh, because we've touched on Aguero. Um, yeah, I've just, I have just just want to have a quick word on uh, Laporta winning the Barcelona elections because yeah. his, his comment uh, in the build-up to the elections was that he wants to unite Messi and Aguero at club level. Uh, obviously, yeah. I assume that means that uh, he's not aiming to sell uh, Messi to City, but rather bring Aguero to Barcelona.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um I, 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 mean, I'll be able to find out soon enough. Well, hopefully, soon enough. Um, because you know, like I've always said, when we did the story about uh, a year ago, February twenty twenty, that City would sign Messi. That was you know kind of a surprise in itself. That was one of the first podcasts we did. I think. I think it was. Yeah. Um, I remember being in the the studio in town talking about it and saying, "Look,
2: what was it?" Four days <laughs> later, they were banned from the Champions League.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. That was it. Um, but I was like, look, you, you, as as a journalist, you don't really want to be writing the story that City are going to try and sign Messi because it just sounds too obvious and never going to happen. But the story is, if he's available, they will try, and that's quite telling because he's he's older now. He's not the quite the same player. Um, and yeah, the assumption would be they wouldn't try, but obviously they would. Um, but I, I think they will. Obviously, they they will try if he's available. But I wonder now if. That changes that changes things a bit. I think as I've already mentioned it might not have been on this podcast, it might have been on another athletic one after City Beat Liverpool. Earlier early in the season, Messi was like toys out of the pram big time. And you know, whenever because Barca weren't playing well, and he was kind of in the dressing room, like, oh, well, fuck, this is a load of bollocks. I'm at least I'm leaving at the end of the season, I'm out of here, that kind of thing. And all the, the new players in the squad were like, is he always like this? Like, what's going on? Um, but like recently, and God, I probably had the update four or five weeks ago. Um, it was the case that he'd softened a bit, and I and I do think with Laporta being there, if he can, you know, work his magic a bit and make a few promises, and Messi thinks oh, I've only got a couple of years left. I like, I do like living here. I don't want to move my whole family, and obviously the the deal with City would probably involve. A couple of years, two or three years in Manchester, and then you know, part of it might be extra in in New York. He might he might just think, no, I'm not sure. Um, I, I'd quite like my Barca lifestyle. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit more down on the chances of it happening now. Laporte's won. Um, and, but what you know, what it, about
2: the the Agüero the other way that that because I mean like. I don't know how I feel about all this at the moment because I, I don't want I, I I want to see some more from Aguero still on the pitch, but I also don't want to let him go. You know what I mean?
1: The way I see it, if if City are ready to let Aguero go, then it can only be because Well, there's I think ninety percent of it would be because his knee isn't right or he's not been fit enough and he because like City would I'm sure would love to keep him and love to do it properly and love you know hopefully with fans back in the stadium next year and just as much as anything would love for Aguero to score 25 30 goals next season but if they don't sign him then it would mostly be because they feel he can't do it so then that makes me think why would any other top club think they could do that it's, uh, like, especially, especially like with Barca's kind of recent history of spending big money obviously it wouldn't be big money to get him but it would be big money wages um, I, I wonder why um, Barca would do that um, but again to be fair maybe that's the value maybe the value of him would be keeping Messi and maybe they think well you know this guy is, is still somebody who can contribute um, so yeah there is maybe that element to it the only other element of it from City's point of view might be a really cold business decision where they're like well Uh, certainly a mixture of um fitness but also thinking well if we can get his wages off the books because he can't quite contribute the level we need then we can really move forward with uh, harland or whoever it may be
2: so maybe there's that element to it this is me knocking it into fifth gear now for the for the show because uh, ej david on twitter asked to me, um, are city fans from a young generation becoming unable to see the difference with real life and a video game? I've woken up this morning and seen Haaland or Bust pay everything, etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah, et yeah. uh, I don't think this is a reasonable thought process. Of course, I'd love Haaland to play, but it's going to be much more difficult than people assume. I'm worrying we as fans are starting to build up our expectations too much when we're buying players. If we don't get him and get Mbappe, people will be angry, and I don't think that's healthy. Whoa, whoa, whoa um,
1: If they get him and get him, but fuck that,
2: city, Jesus Christ. I, th- I think it's an either or, not a. You know, you know what I mean? Oh. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, a, a both, and people will be angry. I don't think the benchmark is that high. But you know, no, what no, I mean?
1: no, no. I was no. I was saying like. Because I thought it was just going to go, and I was completely with him. I was a hundred percent. Because I've said this before. Like, if people are like hanging all their hopes on Silent Harlan, and the thing is, Chelsea will be having this conversation. Chelsea fans, sorry, um, United fans, probably. I'm sure Real Madrid will probably thinking this guy is going to solve all our issues. Um, I, mean, I don't. I like Bayern have strangely not been linked, um, but. There's going to be four or five clubs basically who, who are probably thinking, or fans of those clubs, who are thinking Haaland's going to solve all our issues and obviously he can't go to all those clubs and they're going to be devastated.
2: And let's be honest, yeah. Haaland probably has the choice, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be the case with City fans. 100%. Like people people like Haaland or Burst. and this is why I completely understand, I was completely with that comment, um, that if City don't sign Haaland and they sign anybody else, people will be disappointed. Like It will be like... Oh, it will just—it will be like people like chucking themselves out of Windows territory. Like it will be a disaster. End of days. People will be thinking it's a disaster if they if City don't sign Harlan, particularly if he goes to another Premier League club. But there's floating that idea in there that. Um, if they sign... so I just want to make sure I heard this right. If they sign Mbappe instead, people will No, no,
2: no, no, no. If they, if they have right. a target like Haaland or oh, Mbappe okay. and don't get that oh, target. All right,
1: fine. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, sorry. That's why my reaction was so mad. I thought I thought it said... Um, if they sign Mbappe instead, I was like, what? No, that would be the best. Like, it's not even the second prize. Like, between <laughs> the two of them, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, um, Mbappe... David Ornstein was saying this morning that he, that's not going to happen because of the wages. Um, we've mentioned that before, yeah. not so much with the wages specifically, but just it doesn't feel like Mbappe to City is ever going to be a thing, even though his kind of situation at PSG is the, the typical kind of City, you know, City entered the chat kind of situation, isn't it? you know, a, guy, a great player's got one year left on his deal. Let's let's try and see what we can do here. But with Mbappe, that's just kind of just hands off not happening so yeah Haaland's the the main fella and but yeah okay so fine i, I misunderstood that but I, I in that case i do completely agree like if city end up i think i think lukaku's getting a bit of a better reputation now if city got him instead of Haaland, i think people would still be disappointed um if city didn't even get um lukaku as well as not getting Haaland, um there would be a lot of people seriously kind of upset <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I suppose it goes to show that Diaz, you know, Diaz wasn't first choice and he's been brilliant. So yeah. I, I think I'll put that, I did put a paragraph in my article from from the game. You know, it, 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 Diaz goes to show that it doesn't necessarily mean disaster if you don't get your first target or even your your second. But um, it does feel this summer that City needs to, I talked about Dynasty at the weekend and how it's not going to happen, but it does feel like, you know, when it comes to Aguero's replacement or whatever whatever, whatever it may be, it, this feels like what they need to do properly, and they do know that. They do know that. So yeah. we we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But
2: I saw, I saw also David Onstein uh, touching on the Rayola stuff as well about it not being yeah. ideal, but but them willing to go with it.
1: Yeah, well, I put that. Well, yeah, but I I put that in in mind as well. Um, it was funny because my boss, my boss was like, oh, "Are we going to do about the striker?" I was like, "Yeah, I think it's the the best thing." He was like, oh he's doing something in his column about the striker," um, but that's fine. And I was like, well, "What's he What's he doing?" He was like, "I just said a couple of points." And then, just as I was writing mine, mind, he sent over the full thing that was going to be in it. And it mentioned about Alfie Harland. Um, and I was like, oh, I've just lit- literally just written that in my piece as well. So, like, Alfie Harland is kind of as influential, if not more so, as Mina Raiola. And, like, City would just, like, I, I don't know if they have been or will, I'd get, I'm guessing by the timeline and a couple of rumours have been because, you know, City aren't just going to wait until June, June the 1st to sign Haaland, are they? They'll doing.
2: <laughs> no, they'll be putting the feelers
1: out now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, I, I can't say for certain that they have been dealing with with Alfie, but as part of whatever City's attempts to sign Haaland are, they will be talking with him. And as I've said in the past, as well, I think I, I did an article on Chiki Bagheera sign last year in lockdown. and I think i just mentioned just as an aside, you know, as much as so Guardiola's got a problem with Riola and they've had that you know public thing you know, Cheeky Bagheera's sign gets on with everyone basically because he has to Like, it's his job and he gets on with Riola and it's fine I know that um, when it came to signing in Delict, they did decide in the end not to go with um, Riola but um, I think all all things considered like I said it just feels like this time when it comes to um, replacing Aguero and with Haaland it's not just any old signing is it it's just get it done Uh get it done and and sort yourselves out for for the next few years as far as the striker situation's concerned.
2: I this is this has just popped to me now that uh, since you were talking about Alfie Haaland being influential. Um as as the stuff over the weekend about the the keen tackle in in 2001 and all that sort of was that solely from that David Bernstein interview or was the a kind of a little bit more of of city showing support for Haaland the uh do you know what I mean? It's just—it's just kind of like a nice thing to—if to, you show a bit of support, a bit of love, it might might help. Kind of what was it, Butter the toast. I don't—that's not even a yeah. phrase, but you know. No, but
1: it makes no—it makes sense though. <laughs> it's yeah, that works. Uh, I don't know. I—I mean, I, I, couldn't—I couldn't say for sure. Uh, I don't think it will be beyond them to kind of maybe suggest. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but the the other thing with that is United were close to signing Haaland before he we went to Dortmund. And I don't remember there ever being a, well, he can't sign for this club because of what happened with his dad kind of narrative. Um, so, I mean, it might be the case, but it would be odd that... If it would be odd now, City, not not. Yeah, year. It, it's like, if you were to choose City, I'm sure there'd be tweets and memes about, you know, this all happened because R- Rory Keane um, ended his dad's career. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that necessarily would be the case, but, um, but yeah, you might be right. It might, there might be a kind of a way just to show that, You've That's got City Roots, kid, but yeah. he knows obviously you know there's that picture of him he was at the Carabao Cup final a few years ago yeah
2: and he's got the, um, there's that photograph in his city shirt as well yeah
1: yeah exactly, and you know he was in a city supporters club in on Facebook in Norway I think until about a year or so ago because people just kept asking him when he's going to join city <laughs> um so he left but um he he obviously has got ties to the club but and that, I mean that is good it's, let let's not let's not kid ourselves like the, the it's one of a good sporting project. Um, as well as the emotional ties. Like, players grow up supporting teams but don't sign for them because it doesn't necessarily make sense. But if we're looking at it, even just objectively, like, Haaland grows up with a City connection. And, like, genuinely, the sporting project is... I don't just want to... It feels like I would just say this because I watch City every week and there's a tendency just to say the team you watch every week is the best. But in terms of the sporting project, I don't think anybody could offer them more than City. Like, You've got Guardiola for a couple of years at least. Um, position to strength. You're gonna have a hat full of chances. There's no kind of oh well we, if we sign you know, Real Madrid might say, Well, we'll sign you and we'll sign him and we'll sign him and you know, we should be better. So you can just say, Well, we'll sign you and look, we're already doing this. Yeah. we Look at look at the chances we create season. for you. <laughs> exactly. Look, yeah, they I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't do this, but they could just show him the chances that Jesus and Sterling miss and say, Look what you'll be getting. And they don't need to say, "Oh, well, we'll buy him, or we'll buy him, or we'll buy him." They'll just say, "Well, you just come and join, and this is—it's all set up for you." So, yeah. Uh, yeah, City have got a good chance, but you never know. Like, and also, they don't often get their first targets, do City? So, like yeah. to and like, I know this has been a bit of a weird podcast talking about all the uh, why are they good at this and why are they good at that and what can they do to sort it out. But I'm sure next week we'll be talking about probably Bernardo Silver in midfield again and whatever else gunderwind scoring whatever it may be so back to winning yeah, ways. yeah yeah exactly plenty of the season to go and like like i said last week i know like it's a different vibe now but just like enjoy it it's it's, it's a good it's it's a good time isn't it so
2: yeah well uh, that brings us to an end for this week's wire with us i'm david mooney thanks as ever to sam lee yeah cheers mate Uh, you can sign up for The Athletic right now for £3.99 a month for six months that's 40% off just use the code MANCITYPOD
1: The Athletic